Hey guys, just so you know this week, this is our second anal birthery. So, <laughs> if you want to catch that action, we are going to be recording this episode live right after our recording of Outlaws and Old One on our Twitch t- channel, which is twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network at 7 p.m. So on 7 p.m. on Thursday, go to twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network to one, watch our fully improvised comedy pod uh, comedy show with a bunch of our people, and then watch our second anal birthery, which we will bring to you live and with a video. And to to be clear, we're gonna start drinking during Outlaws yeah. and Old Ones. I'm usually pretty trashed by the end of it, and then we're gonna start our anal birthery probably with people from Outlaws and Old Ones as guests, which means we're gonna be like very very drunk by the end of it. So it promises to be great fun for for you at least. I don't. I don't know how well we'll do, but uh, you can yeah. harass us, us at the very least. Harass us in the chat, and we will respond in force, in kind. Immediately, probably, it's, yeah. There will be people obsessively <laughs> watching the chat just to, to fight to fight you. Really. <laughs> Literally, it'll just be yeah. me going, "Shut up! Shut up! That's not true! Shut up! I don't do that anymore." So fight me, cowards, <laughs> and meet us at 7 p.m. on Thursday at twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network. Ten years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Why, hello there, and welcome to Are We Friends, the only show on the internet where three boys discuss if the threat, the, the friend is the friend of the friend for the sake of the friend on the account of the enemy, or if it's just inertia. I am your co-host, Taylor. I am your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And as you could obviously tell from that quotation, today we are talking about Plato's Lysis. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> now, whose episode is this? This would be hmm. my episode. Watch, watch, no oh, way. Oh, no fucking way. What a shock of the century. I know. What wow. if like, fucking presses. Jorge comes in next week like, hey, we're doing Immanuel Kant, critique of pure reason. We read the entire thing <laughs> this week. We're gonna... I know who Kant is. He's had it in his pocket the whole time. He's just uh, been waiting to unleash it. Contism. Yeah. Yeah, Contism. 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 Like that sounds bad. I don't even know that's, that's right. That's, that's what that is a bit that's a I think it's Kantian logic or like Kant- Kantian, Kantian, Kantian morality. You're yeah, like objective Kant- morality. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking uh, of a priori Kant- logic and things like that. Um <laughs> uh, if you guys want a quick like uh, philosophy uh pro tip. If you want to sound like you know what you're talking about, when you refer to the philosophy of Thomas Aquinas, you call it Thomism, not like struggling through trying to make Aquinas- an adjective out of a- yeah. Aquinas. <laughs> yeah, Aquinasianism. Uh, didn't have a last name. His name was Thomas, and he's oh, from Aquinas. That's of Aquinas. Uh, just... So, yeah, that's he's the only one I gotcha. know of that you refer to his philosophy by his first name. Well, if we look at this Thomistically, yeah, you can uh, you <laughs> can absolutely like, bullshit up. your way through a philosophy undergrad class. Is that where Just the name Thom like comes that. from? Oh. Thom? I don't know. As a rule <laughs> like of Thom. Like the Radiohead um, guy? It might be. Yeah. As a rule of Thom. <laughs> I should be like Tom. You know, we, he, Tom was a callback to our last episode where one of Shut the people up. was named Thom. Look, yeah. Don't worry Thom about Thom Dumb. H. Silent. Brother of Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb. Okay. Yeah. Why are we talking about that Plato's Lysis. Lysis. The Lysis. So the Lysis is Plato's little dialogue on the nature of friendship. So I thought it was nice and topical, and we haven't done a philosophy episode since our yeah. like third, fourth can, episode. 
Can we so just I, get something something out of the way right off right off the bat? Bring it on, man. Is is that is that guy trying to fuck that little boy? Oh, is Socrates <laughs> trying to fuck that little boy? No, is that is the guy that Socrates is talking to on the behalf of trying to fuck the little boy who Socrates uh, is talking okay. to? Okay, Hippotheles is the name of the guy uh, that yes. uh, Socrates talks to first, and his friend Catisipus and everyone else is like, dude. Can you please talk to him? Because he's really pissing us off. He's in love with this guy, uh, other boy. They're both boys. This <laughs> yeah, other boy named boys. Lysis. And he like, God, he just makes poetry about his family. And he like waxes annoying <laughs> about him. And then he gets drunk. And oh, my God, he starts to sing he's about the guy. Worse. Like, he's so fucking annoying. Can you please, please talk to him? And Socrates goes, I don't know. And like, well, we're over here in a gymnasium where, you know, being Greeks, a bunch of boys are wrestling naked. <laughs> Hanging out. You son of a bitch. I'm in. Let's have a dialogue. He really hit him with, <laughs> his eyes went. He rolled his eyes over, and his automatic programming went in. So it's yeah. not. So it's not one of those things where it just sounds like, and it is actually something else. It is about old men trying to fuck these little boys. So no, well, no, okay, no. These are like, about little boys trying to fuck other little boys yeah. under the tutelage of an older man. Of an old guy who definitely wants to also fuck. Those oh wait, dudes. how old like, is how old is Hippopotamus? They're both like. Teen, from my understanding, is they're both like young teens. Men. Yeah, they're all young, young men. So he's the like same that. age as Lysis. Yeah, he just yeah. has a crush on oh. Lysis. And then Socrates is like, do you want me to... He's like, bring him here so I can talk to him and figure out how you should talk to him. And they're like, fine, we'll take you over there because Jesus yeah. Christ... He also likes to talk. Like yeah. Hippotheles asks Socrates straight out when he's brought, like when his friends drag Socrates over, like, "All right, then how do I talk to him?" And he goes, "Like, well, not the way you're doing it. I can tell you that so much, <laughs> and I can't really tell you how to do it. So let me show you. Hey, Lysis, yeah, get over yeah. here. <laughs> it just begins to talk to him with his friend Menexenus. Well, that's that's great because. I guess we're just diving into it, dude. Unless we, want, if there's any more overview, you. What want else to do? would we do? Yeah, just, I don't know. If you guys have um, some broad, general questions you want answered right off the bat here, it. I we. I think we just get into it. Um, so the thing about that that I love is he doesn't necessarily just whistle and like you know summon Lysis over. They go into the um, what's the name for it? Palestra. Thank you. Um, to the. You're welcome. PD, PDF that I'm reading <laughs> as I said that. Um, yeah, I sound like, like did a I miss something? <laughs> I have to add in. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna get one of you to do a sample of Palestra, and then I'll just edit it <laughs> so that I don't sound crazy. Palestra. Palestra. <laughs> nice. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is, they're just like they're like, yeah, Lysis likes to listen. He's a, you know he likes conversation, so that'll be good. He's a listener. They all walk into the thing, and they're like, everyone's just a bunch of dudes, you know, wrestling and playing games and playing dice games and hanging out. Yeah, whatever. they're playing knuckle and, bones and, and fucking they, around. They basically just go like, let's start a cool kids corner real quick. So like, Socrates starts holding court in the fucking like, in his little corner, and Lysis eventually comes over, not because like, but at first you see him. I had the great visual of just him talking with somebody else or playing around, and he keeps constantly looking over, and he's basically like, "Is that is that fucking Socrates talking? Oh my god, are they having like an art? Are they? Oh my god, they're like debating. Oh my god, they're having. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. The, I want to go over, but he's too scared to line. go over by himself. So Menexus, um, Menexus, sorry, um, he's walking. He's done with his game, and he's just. He immediately, he's got real big dick energy at this point. He just strides over to that group and he's like, what's up? You guys fucking talking? And yeah, basically, with you nerds. He, he basically just gloms on to Menexenus as he's walking. He's like, hi, I'm also here. I'm Lysus. How are you? Wait. <laughs> I had a, I'm a, I'm I had a, a visual note. person. How yeah. naked are these people? 
Um, so Ooh. it depends. Typically, if they were wrestling buck naked, um, but because there is a festival going on and most people are just like hanging around playing knuckle bones, clothed. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're all just in the buff, except for Socrates having this conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to assume they're all naked so that when Brian says, like, walks over with big dick energies, his big they dick is literal. literally, like, <laughs> they are wearing They are wearing nothing but smiles. That's I'll put it that way. They're just yeah. wearing nothing I, but uh, smiles. Yeah. I made a note on that same point, Brian, just so I could read it aloud for us. And my note was, like, always have a buddy. It's like, uh, we went over to the other, si- other side of the room where it was quiet, sat down, mm. and started up a conversation among ourselves. Lysis kept turning around and looking at us, obviously wanting to come over, but too shy to do so alone. After a while, Menexenus, taking a break from his game in the court, came in, and when he saw Catisipus and me, he came to have a seat right by us. <laughs> yeah, Lysis he- saw him, followed over, sitting down together with Menexenus next to him, and all the others came too. And then Hippothales like sits in the back because he doesn't want Lysis to see him because he's all nervous about the cute boy he likes. Again, I just saw like the crowd immer- you know, like start to gather around Socrates and everybody talking, and then just like Kilroy just like coming up just so his nose is over like two shoulders of just some muscular boys is Hippothales just going, I really hope Lysis doesn't know that I'm here. Like <laughs> so he literally a, says so little... not to anger him. Yeah, like it's <laughs> A little bit of background just on the the Lysis itself, like as a dialogue and kind of how it fits into history here. Okay. <clears throat> um, this is an early Platonic dialogue, which means early in Plato's career he wrote it, but this is later in Socrates' life um, when he's when he's writing this. So this is just about the time where Socrates is about to be killed by uh, Athens. Yeah. And so this is... <laughs> Um, this one isn't included in the what is canonically known as the death of Socrates. That's five different um, dialogues that kind of run together. The apologies in the middle there, okay. Um, where it's like the day before Socrates' trial, the trial, what happens in the night, and then Socrates' death. And those five are usually it's the Phaedo, the the Euthyphro, the Apology, the Credo, and then the Phaedrus. Um, okay. Or no, the Phaedo is the last one. I don't remember what the first one is. Bucket, whatever. But it ends with the Phaedo. The Phaedo is the death of Socrates. Um, so this isn't part of that, but it happens around historically the same time. So unlike okay. other dialogues where Socrates really wants to just tete-a-tete, you know, uh, some other interlocutor, he's more or less like, all right, let's talk about friendship here. Is it like this? Got you to agree, but I don't think it is. What if it's it's like this? Got you to agree, but I think it's actually like this. This? You agree, but you're wrong, because I actually think it might be like this, and he does that four times. (laughs) Drives me crazy. There's no way (laughs) that it was only four times. There are four main questions. Yeah, this is Socrates at his most... Uh, was his nickname like the gadfly or something like the it was like a yeah. gadfly is a thing that bites like a horse's ass mm-hmm. and like they always yeah. like jerk at and that's what people compared socrates to the- like he's just going around being fucking annoying in Athens. obviously at my uh, with my own limited experience because we did the mino before um this is him at his most gadfly for me because it's constantly the amount of ahas and yeses he gets out of these two boys and then immediately turns it around of you're wrong yeah. it's like, and they're like but we agreed with you and he's like you're wrong and it's like no what do you i just said yes why do you like get off of my back and he's like so i think really it's this mean? but yeah. we're wrong <laughs> yeah that's exactly 
exactly that. It's he puts out an idea, he expands on it super hard, and then goes, "Well, I guess not. Maybe it's this." And it's like, "Dude, you can't." I just want so, somebody needs to trap him. Is my? It's exactly. always just like he's always like, "Do you think this is correct?" And why is nobody ever like, "No, there, you go first. There's a <laughs> there's a really first. good one, um, which we might you now read if you guys are interested. In. It's about yeah. the Parmenides. Parmenides okay. is a older philosopher. He's referred to uh, as a pre-Socratic. Like all of the philosophers of Greece before Socrates are kind of clumped into this, like Thales and uh, like every um, uh, what's his name, Empedocles and all, and Democritus and all them. Say. They're all pre-Socratics. <clears throat> and then Socrates comes around, kind of starts for whatever reason the historic Western philosophical tradition, and mm-hmm. everything else after that is gravy. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, Parmenides Socratic and pre-Socratic. In, yeah. Fuck you, I'm awesome. Parmenides believed in the one that there is no such thing as difference. Um, it's only wow. a language game, you because you can't have non-being, and so if you can't have non-being, sure. everything be. must be the same. Because if something is not something, there is some element of non-being in it. So you can't like run your hand across the table and then go off of the table because then it implies that there's no longer. Like, there's some not table that you're touching, and that seems to be a logical contradiction. That was a really bad example. But what he comes to is, like, there's the whole. There's nothing. We are all part of the whole. Mm -hmm. There is no difference. There is no logical way to sustain difference in the world. Um, It's only illusory. So this is a late Platonic dialogue. So Plato wrote it late in his career, but an early Socratic dialogue where it's actually Socrates, I think, at his youngest. And he's just developing the idea of the forms. And he tries to show it to Parmenides. And Parmenides goes, so you think you're clever, kid, huh? (laughs) You think that because some people are tall and some people are short and some people are not so tall and not so short, that they all must have different amounts of tallness and shortness in them. And he goes, "Uh uh-huh. And he goes, okay, cool. He knows <laughs> what he's been feeding. Sorry, so. I, really, I really thought you were about to go into the beginning of Make Him Laugh from Singing in the Rain. Short people have long faces. Some people have no humor Some people have long faces. So he goes, like, and from this, you think these <laughs> things in and of themselves, these forms, exist. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, all right, that's pretty clever. What's the form of mud, dirt, shit, poop, cock? You know, he goes through all those things. Like, do they have the good in them? Is poop the good? Does yeah, it have like, an element of the good in it? And Socrates like, hold on, wait, I don't like well, this anymore. I, I don't, I don't, think it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, don't want to commit to that. And Parmenides, you know, he just like philosophically speaking, gives him a hard like one, two, yeah. left, right, just works his rib cage yeah, like, a little bit, and philosophically <laughs> knocks him out in the first round. And he goes like, come back when you're ready, kid. And Socrates goes, joke's on you. You're going to die soon, and we're never going to speak again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but they don't. There's no Parmenides part two. I remember what I was going to say in that argument. You know? I was going to say I would love for Plato to have written in Socrates getting a dig. Because these, again, they're all they're Plato's works after the whole situation. So I would just love him to be able to throw in his knowledge of the future and be like, well, we're not going to talk again, motherfucker. Fuck you. You're about to die. <laughs> Suck it. Like... <laughs> Yeah, like I'm going to talk to Zeno. <laughs> Though there is a theory um, that one of the later Platonic dialogues is called the Sophist. This is where we okay. get the idea, like, what is man? And they come to it like a two-legged, uh, featherless thing like a bird. That's it. And this is why Diogenes, a later Alexandrian time poet, um, philosopher, like, runs into some senatorial meeting with a plucked chicken and says, behold, I have a man! Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, making fun of Plato. Di- 
because um, Diogenes <laughs> would just like jack off in public and once told Alexander the Great to, hey, bub, can you get out of my fucking light here? Um, was... And Alexander the Great loved it. Yeah. So in that dialogue, <laughs> the sophist, he talks to an Eliatic stranger and Elia is where Zeno is from. Zeno is the student of Parmenides where we get a lot of those logic puzzles from like... Mm-hmm. You can't go across a room because you have to cross halfway, but in order to cross halfway, you have to cross a quarter of the way, and in order to cross a quarter of the way, you have to cross an eighth of the way, and it becomes like an infinite thing, and you can't cross an infinite difference because it's infinitely divisible. And shit, I already hate that so much. It's very dumb. Like there are, it's all of his are about like how motion itself cannot exist. Um, no, it's, like, it's, it's just read. Every time you just okay. read a fucking book, man. Do any science. (laughs) There was a joke. um, (laughs) The college I went to. Before St. John's, before I, I like finished undergrad, there was a joke about like, you know what, just every, the answer to all these goddamn philosophical questions to just be, ask your dad. You know, like, <laughs> what, 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 like what is the nature of virtue? Ask your ask dad. Your dad. You know, like, it's just, just like, come on, get it out of the way. He knows. Fuck off. <laughs> I do. I do feel like modern day philosophers need a good old fashioned talking to from like <laughs> Classic baby boomer. <laughs> having, having read a couple of modern philosophers, um, like there's one Timothy Morton right now as a like a modern philosopher. He okay. philosophizes about the hyper object and like why we can't grapple with something like climate change. And he's one that I just want to slap. Like he's like Whoa. bad boy Elon like philosopher. It's like if Elon Musk had a degree in philosophy and oh, only did I philosophy see. stuff. That's what Timothy Morton feels like to me. Okay. And he um, like, <laughs> Taylor's doing a very specific dance right now when he was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was teaching this section, um, I just made a list of every time he says the word hyperobjects in just the first chapter. And it was like 108 different times oh, where he just like drops this God. word again and again and again. Like, yeah, this is obnoxious. He's very... Why does um, every field have like a the Tony Stark of that field? You know? I know, or the uh, in the chess, Elon Musk like meaning a, the wannabe Tony Starks of that field. Yeah, yeah, no. In chess, they have like a like a, a chess player who is also a model, and he's he's got the chiseled like <laughs> Swedish face. I don't know where the fuck he's from, but Scandinavia. He's got like a cool features, name, yeah. And, yeah, one of those gorgeous white countries up north. One of those, like that's that's. <laughs> Hundred percent. Speaking but, of gorgeous, or Jorge, please. Oh, I was going to ask. <laughs> can you explain at a high level what each of these arguments yeah. that Socrates makes are about friendship, even yeah. though it's really about being also, this kid? Also, to just to just again characterize kind of the narrative of this, he starts in on Lysis, basically. There, there is a point where he, he he's like kind of talking him down. He's kind of humbling him. He's using you know questions and lot. He basically he's Socrateasing him. And um, sorry, did you did you just say Socrates? Look, him? I didn't actually. I literally, hey. as it was coming out, I was going shit. That's not what you I meant. But it is also you. what I meant. Um, <laughs> but he's doing his thing on him, right? And then there is a point Ew. where he is about to turn. Got the line to right here. Hippothelis and say like and that's how you do it motherfucker and like drop the mic on him but he's like oh he's super i shouldn't just immediately out him that he is super in love with license so i'm gonna turn um, back (laughs) here's the line 
quote, this is how you should talk to your boyfriend's apotheles, cutting them down to size and putting them in their place instead of swelling them up and spoiling them as you do. But when I saw how anxious and upset he was over what we were saying, I remembered how he had positioned himself so as to escape Lysus's notice. So I bit my tongue. Yeah. Like That's, you, you know, <laughs> internal like Socrates there after he just slaps this little boy around for a bit. And that first argument is about like, are you free? Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Lysis, you know, says yes. Like, well, can you do all these things that you aren't allowed to do as a child? Um, and he goes, yeah. So, like, so you aren't free. And if you aren't free, that means you aren't happy. And he goes, I oh, know, but I am happy. So, like, that's the problem. And he says, well, like, but of course, there are some things that you're good at. So those are the things that you are respected in and wanted for, right? And so, yeah. And he goes through that and like, well, yeah, you know, like when I write letters at home for my parents, they don't tell me what letters to do. They trust me to write the letters. Like, excellent. So we should believe that people who are wise are desirable in that particular field. And if you are not wise, you are not desirable. So if you want to remain unloved, be unwise or vice versa. And that's how he like slaps down Lysis by subtly implying that he is unwise. <laughs> he's, he's like, "You're a dummy, dummy, dumb boy, but you're pretty Sorry, good at was, these so things." It was he's not allowed to do anything because he's dumb. He's not allowed to do anything because he's yes. a child. And Socrates says, like, at first, like, well, to be free is to be happy, right? You know, to do whatever you want, and that should be that. That is what happiness is. And Lysis, being a dumb boy, says, "Uh huh." And he goes like, cool, are you free? And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, there's my slave, slave right over there, and he's not free. Like, yeah, but that guy tells you what to do all the time because it's like a like a, a nanny-type situation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And older, much older boys, like 18-year-old boys, would have, like, these nanny-type things because he comes from a rich family. I don't want to – I want to, like, correctly age everyone here. <laughs> like, it is young men. <clears throat> And he goes like, yeah, he tells you what you can and can't do. So it seems like you're not as free as that guy. So I don't think you are free, are you? And then your dad tells you what to do all the time, right? And your mom tells you what to do all the time. And all these people tell you what to do all the time, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah. So like, so I think they're better than you. And I think you are worse than a slave. And he goes, but like, but hold on. There are some things you can do, right? And he goes, yeah, please. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and those things that you are desirable for, right? And like, yeah, yeah. So like, exactly. So those who are desirable, like the doctor is desirable when people are sick, right? Because we want him and he would be desirable even to the king of Persia, right? Yeah. And we would let that doctor do anything to the king of Persia because we think him wise, right? And he gives the example, like even put ash in his eyes, right? (laughs) My favorite part of that is he's like, yeah, if someone had bad eyes and we let the doctor, we would literally let them do anything, even if it was basically fuck with them more and ruin their eyes even worse. And he's like, because they're a doctor. Because they're wise. Yes. (laughs) So so if you want to be loved, kid, you better get wise. <laughs> yeah, basically. A couple questions. Would they back then just let them do whatever if they were a doctor? Um, do we know that? No or is idea. that him fucking with him again? I think this is okay. probably like him fucking with him a little bit. For him, yeah. But uh, Socrates does this sort of um, comparison a lot. Like the cobbler is one of his favorite examples like just kind of using common everyday examples and show like well if this relationship exists is this what it's like when we talk about truth beauty good the forms whatever Mm -hmm. like so if the cobbler cobbles what does like the rhetorician do and 
this this is another Rhetoric. dialogue Gorgias he goes like pre-rhetoricizing like see you have a problem with it because everyone who has a skill who is skilled has a skill and that skill can be passed on can you make other people speak as well as you do and he goes sometimes like that makes it sound like you don't actually have a skill that you're teaching and you might be a charlatan um but he does these common sense um sort of comparisons mm-hmm. a lot and that's a very very typical way that he like describes the relationship of different virtues and these abstractions i also i also have to say that is also first of all most of the time those are actually very helpful to explain his argument like that really he he he's very um i'm going to explain this using like the formal words of everything and then immediately go into actual good and not ben shapiro let's say because he's like for example this this and that and you're like oh i totally get that now but the the thing in this one especially is he uses those examples and then goes, well, no, that's wrong. That doesn't make any sense because... And I'm like, yeah. then don't use that example because clearly <laughs> you don't understand. Like, <laughs> I know so, you're figuring this out, but like, knock it off because you just keep it. We're going to get into the big image of this dialogue at the end here. The image of the body, disease, and medicine, and the yes. doctor. Uh, as his way to explain like goodness, badness, that which is not so good, not so bad. And like their relationship to each other and how we determine what friendship is. So the first question he has is, who is the friend? The one who loves or the one who is loved? Or is it when people love each other mutually? Is it both or neither? Yeah, like he basically... Yeah, is it one, the other, both or neither? Mm -hmm. And they try to like figure it out. None, none of none of the the pathway that they take to trying to define the term friend maybe maybe this Dude. is me as a friend expert now <laughs> uh, to me has any bearing or relevance on what it is to be a friend yeah because uh, this is a problem yes. that i have with this like because he starts when he's talking to Benexinus and lysis at first he goes like you two are friends right they go yeah oh, yeah totally and you guys have a lot of things in common right yeah yeah totally and you guys you know you, which one was born first? I don't know. We kind of argue about it. Which one's nobler? I don't know. We kind of argue about it. Which one are you richer? Don't answer that. It's impolite to talk that about That one's a weird... Money. Yeah, like... <laughs> he literally, yeah, he literally says, says that. Be, like... you know, the things of friends are common, so we don't need to talk about that. And so um, he goes like, cool. Well, I would like to learn how you can be friends. You must know something about friendship. I think I know a thing or two about friendship do you know what a friend is and like gets into the The let's define what friends are the best part of that is he doesn't even necessarily say that he goes he's like you guys obviously have a bunch of friends because look around like you got a point he's like look there's so many friends here and i'm like basically horny for friends so can you guys help me figure out what it is so i know what to look for and i'm like Socrates. Big Poppy yes. needs a friend here. You boys Stop baiting them like friends. <laughs> sure. He's, oh no, he just wants to be friends. That's, yeah, I'm that's sure. all. Yeah, that's he why wants he's to be friends with this entire group of young naked men. <laughs> young, taut, nubile, young nubile men. men. Another question. You said they were eighteen, but not with the same certainty that you always say your facts. Do you know for a fact that they were all eighteen? The equivalent of what 18 is to us. I will say there is also, okay. there is actually a point where he, at the very least, Plato um, like does define both of the groups as being different at that, and that his group is older because he says, I believe he says something about Menexenus, 
leaving playing with the boys and then coming over to the group of young men. Like there is a formal, I don't know if that's in the actual Greek, but the translation suggests that there is something of an age up like for that group. The word for um, like boy meaning child would be technon and the word okay. for men would be some version of like Andre. Mm. Um, okay. Like, uh, like or on air. Yeah, and so yeah, um, so I have Andre like, for the holidays every year. Yeah, this translator um, that we're working with right now is is really good. It's the one from the Complete Works um, in English right now, which is not Ben Jowett because mm-hmm. Ben Jowett shirks away from all the fun gay stuff and um, was 19th century. Like we should stop reading him. This guy's much yeah. better, and he seems to have like a pretty good grasp on like how Doctor Susie sometimes Socrates can sound. So like it's it's a good I, I like this translation a lot. Um, so I I do want to take one quick detour from our funding games. Uh, what to add out of personal curiosity, what level of uh, literary criticism is there about the way in which they speak about slaves? A lot of it is just strictly historical. Um, better translations of single dialogues, and it's usually things like the Republic uh, is obviously mm-hmm. the most popular thing to translate for Plato. Um, they talk about the particular institution of slavery in um, Athens. Slavery was not a permanent or genetic condition like it was in chattel slavery in America. It was very much like you're probably conquered. You have the option to become Athenian, you know, if you buy your own freedom. Um, usually they made slaves be cops because no one liked the cops. And, you know, <laughs> we're rich. We're not going to do it. And <laughs> But at the same time, like slaves had the ability to become literate. They had the ability to move up somewhat, uh, mm. but they were still like occupied, obviously a lower social standing than like either, or not really a higher one than free men who didn't have property, but certainly below like the rich of Athens who mm-hmm. pretty much Socrates is the only one he ever talks to and s- occupied a similar position as women in Athens. Okay. Lots. So it lots so it being a different. There's exactly, a lot to get yeah. into there. It is still human bondage, but it is not nearly. It's it's a much more it's flexible and mobile yeah. system. Like people can also go into slavery, like the mm. version of debtor's prison. Like you could become enslaved if you needed. Like ah shit, I need some extra cash. Can I sell you to myself for a couple of years here? Like sure, buddy. I can help a friend out. Um, that's like something yeah. that like just to I can't think of a single example where that happened, but that is that that fluidity <laughs> between like the enslaved class and the proper Athenian class mm-hmm. did exist. There was I think you guys probably also could tell that there's a little bit of like a general racism um, between yeah. the Barbaroi and how all say. the slaves that Lysis have have accents. Um there's that great, there's a moment towards the end where he's like, and we were having a great time until those barbarous tongues, he like basically was like annoyed us into saying you have to go home because it's super late. And we tried to like yell at them to go away, but they kept yelling at us and they were so barbarous and whatever that we finally were like, fine, I guess they can go home. <laughs> like, Yeah, he I also said at another point, yeah, um, it's, yeah. I did all not kinds realize, of people... I just thought they were drunk. Yeah, they had. Well, uh, he, thought they were a bunch he, also, of drugs. he also puts it on them that they're drunk, and I'm I'm a little bit of the mind of like, really, Socrates, because you like don't shut up ever, and you're talking with a bunch of people who 
don't shut up. And there's definitely other stuff to do than futz around and play grab ass with people. So like maybe knock it off. Like <laughs> Honestly, I feel like Socrates could do a little less talking, a little more grab ass. Seems like I'm like, are there actually just like people that are a lot smarter than him around at that time that are just like I I don't want just to, imagine I don't Jorge, want to talk to this guy. J- Jorge, just imagine every dialogue is he is touching someone's leg. Like That's every time he's talking, just imagine gross. he's touching someone's leg. Not wrong. So, so gross. I'm not again. That's I'm what, not defending it. I'm just I'm giving it context. That's what I'm saying. Here. Like, like some fun consensual running around playing grab ass. Rough Way house, more yeah, fun and, and light. Light spirited than then, old like, man talking and like grabbing your leg. Old man like negs boys into conceding <laughs> that they're friends or something. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah, I'm trying to now. I'm trying to think about like if you started every translation of Plato with "Listen here, baby," and then just the rest of the translation like is how. No, no, uh, we're like, just the friends. tone of it is. Yeah, no, 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 totally, totally. No, no, no. I just wanna, I just wanna sleep over. Nothing, nothing weird's gonna happen. Like, oh, fucking gross, Socrates. Can you not? No, you, me, me and your boyfriend are just friends, I promise. <laughs> you got nothing to worry about, I promise. <laughs> just talking. Yeah, you know, we're just old college buddies. <laughs> just going, we're just talking. It's not, you know? <laughs> like, he's so, he's so offended you would bring up the possibilities. God, oh, he's poison. Reminds me of what you, you mentioned uh, earlier before we started recording about uh, taking all of Trump's tweets and starting it with mommy (laughs) makes it go down smoother (laughs) mommy why do the democrats hate me (laughs) no mommy do you get the impression the supreme court doesn't like me is the best one (laughs) okay so on on friendship so the first thing they try to figure out is like all right where does the friendship exist between two people Mm -hmm. is it the friend is the person who is loved. The friend is the person doing the loving. Or friendship is the combination of being loved and loving at the same time. And they find that all three of these are unsustainable, really. Mm-hmm. The reason being is like, well, it doesn't really make sense that you can be you can love someone who considers you their enemy. And that doesn't sound like friendship at all, does it? And vice sure versa. Can. Like, if you, you don't love your enemy, that... It's not what you do with enemies. Like the enemy is someone to be hated. So obviously that doesn't necessarily work. And it doesn't really sound like it could be both of us. Because no. (laughs) Because hold on, let me look up that exact No, that one is a little bit futzy. I think there's something about... Oh, I can't really remember. That one's tough. They don't don't make any sense because it's always shit like him saying like, well... You know, you can't be friends with someone who hates you, right? I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah. Why can't you? <laughs> well, you're not. There, we have, we have, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. There's a lot of these things where I go, that isn't a requirement for friendship at all. That's just wrong. Like, okay. <laughs> this is why we're getting it wrong. Um, yes. Because he doesn't talk about the possibility of mutuality for a while. He talks okay. about, like, is the lover or the loved the friend? And then he brings up, like, okay, I think we're getting off track here. We're not getting anywhere with this lover loved situation. So let's talk about whether or not people who like you the second big question is are people who are like um are those the people who are friends because as homer says god always draws the like unto like and so like yeah sometimes yeah and so the the question becomes like so that would mean good people are friends with good people right sure bad people are friends with bad people sure and then 
that's very the problem the problem yeah. with it is like well bad people can't be friends with bad people because bad people are not even a friend to themselves because they're bad sure they are. and good people wouldn't get anything out of a relationship with a good person because they're both <laughs> sure so they good do. they must be self-sufficient <laughs> i true. i love this by the way I, uh, yeah i was gonna say i disagree <laughs> it that. is like this. a different conceptual paradigm yes. for it's like just, how yes. goodness is and badness is that's what i was gonna say i like that paradigm block he uses yeah. I disagree with for the I I again I I'm in, I'm with Jorge on that one but I do I I'm interested in his like the definition of good because he talks about he talks about this more with wisdom but he also does talk about this with the good like that's it tied into the good aspect of being sufficient and basically saying like if you are good if one is good or they are wise they have virtue whatever they are sufficient they don't need anything from other people. Right. So and this so is, why, what, what does the, because it also gets into a usefulness argument about yeah. the need in a friendship. And he's like, good people are fulfilled. They don't need anything from anyone. They have all of the capabilities. Or they don't need anything. They have everything that another good person would could give them exactly. because they themselves are good. And the exactly. reason this sounds like weird in our ear right now, because it's not like, um, in action or like a moralistic good mm -hmm. like you know because we know plenty of good people who have friends and plenty of assholes who have plenty of friends yeah. and some of those assholes have good friends and some of those good people have really shitty friends yeah. look at congress <laughs> um so they what it good means here is good is the highest possible form mm -hmm. everything that is like perfect partakes of the good the good is the the highest among the form so good here is like a stand-in for the closer to perfection something is so good people partake of the good more than people who are like average or like aren't neither good. good nor evil and so yeah. if they are perfect or closer to perfect partake more of the good and thus are good people they have less that they need from other people because they have the greatest fulfillment of all and that's being close to the good itself mm -hmm. to be good is to be whole to be whole is to be like not needing of other people is sort of like what the the power behind this argument is here it's like bringing your level of enlightenment into a conversation about yes. friends though. Like, i was gonna say that's an interesting part of that well for socrates that's it's indistinguishable i will also say he was um socrates was very much on the pro wrestling path before he brought up the good not eating each other <laughs> because there is like the known rule or at least for classic wrestling one of the known rules was like heels aren't friends with anybody they hate everybody they hate other heels they hate other bad guys they don't give a shit and all the baby faces are friends with each other because they're all good people who like each other and want to hang out so uh -huh. i was like when he was like evil drives evil away this is like 80s wrestling is what I'm like this is like old tropes of wrestling but like he was like, evil, you know, those who are evil make others hate them. That's the whole thing of it. So two evil people couldn't be friends because they would make each other hate each other. And I'm like, yes, that's what heels do. They always implode whenever they team up. They, they beat up the bad, they beat up the good guys. Then the good guys team up and they keep fighting over each other. And then they end up losing. And I'm like, ah, dude, he could have fucking booked such good wrestling in the 80s. I'm, and then I'm imagining, he, maybe he did. I'm maybe imagining did Brian... <laughs> playing socrates and he uses like rather than a cobbler or a cooker or a cooker he uses a pro wrestling pro like, wrestler. you understand about pro wrestling right the pro wrestler wrestles yeah, exactly. you know? like, <laughs> just, he, he wrestles and he has to wrestle with someone else so inherently he can't be alone as a pro wrestler there is always two like because the general idea is that socrates was doing all this stuff plato writes
writes about it, right? The, like, exactly. Supposedly, yeah, these are Socrates never story. wrote. Yeah. Maybe Socrates actually was just like being a rad wrestling dude and coming up with these storylines, <laughs> and Plato was just writing fanfic about was, it. Was going, this is know. sick shit. Yeah, so, like, this is awesome. But really, the he story... was just off talking about the fruits of his loins and things like that. <laughs> the the story about He's Plato. promos on everybody. <laughs> The story about Plato, and I forget if I talked about it in our last philosophy episode, is that Plato was it's a playwright fine. and a young man, and then got involved in Socrates' little circle. Uh, like, Menexenus eventually becomes, like, there is a dialogue with Menexenus mm. called the Menexenus. Um, hey, look at that. But Plato is one of these people. Um, Glaucon, who he talks to a lot in the Republic, is Plato's first cousin. So like oh, wow. lot, he was okay. he was probably there at a lot of these conversations and then later writes about him taking himself out. But apparently when he met Socrates, he burnt every play he ever wrote. Like this is <laughs> bullshit. Plays suck. I'm all about philosophy now. Like I'm doubling down. Pro wrestling now. <laughs> pro philosophical wrestling. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense. I'm just saying. Yeah, they were so. We yeah, so with the the like unto like doesn't really work for them because good people wouldn't have a reason to be friends with good people and bad people can't be friends with bad people because yeah. of wrestling. Exactly. So when we realize that like the platonic theory of wrestling proves this untrue, we get to the third question, which is like, well, what if the other great Greek poet Hesiod is right and he says that Potter is angry with Potter, poet with poet, and the beggar with beggar, meaning like. You can you know, two poles your, of a magnet yeah. repel each other sort of idea like you know exactly. like like uh and they try that for a bit and immediately the problem is like well good people can't be friends with bad people and bad people can't be friends with good people like because bad people would make good people not good which they wouldn't want to have happen and good people would never associate with bad people so like no and also if that were the case we have all these other philosophers who say that enmity meaning things like uh, repelling each other in nature is a mm. bad thing, but things coming together are good. And friendship is obviously a coming together of people. So, you know, it can't be that opposites attract. That's ridiculous. <laughs> in psychology, we talk about how there is both birds of a feather flock together and opposites attract, right? But they show yeah. that, no, it's it's people who like the same shit Attract. Like it it Hang is out. birds of yeah, a feather. Right. Like when you actually, it's birds of a feather. there are the sayings, but it's like, nope, nope, it's birds of a feather. We do kind of work toward that a little bit mm. um, at the end because the next question is like, all right, if it's not good people and it's not bad people and it's not good and good and not bad and bad and bad and good, whatever. Is there something in between, like, you know, people that are all right? You know, not so good, not so bad. <laughs> Those people, people can be friends, right? right? Could be like everybody, because if you're saying that good is the enlightened and bad is absolute pro wrestling heel villain, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be everybody who is just an okay person? Pretty much, yeah. Well, uh, then why so, are like, we even talking it, about good and bad? He gets well, into in, that in too, Buddhist yeah. terms, in Buddhist terms, like, yeah, uh, as long as we're following this question... Like bodhisattvas can be friends with people who are like trying, you know, they're trying. Those are the people like the people are going around like, hey, fuck you, Buddha, you piece of shit. Like Buddha's not going to be friends with those people. He's yeah. going to be friends with the people going like, I'll sit around oh, for a bit under a lotus tree. I'll give that a shot. Yeah, absolutely. What's up, man? Like, uh, that's kind of like what I feel the energy is like the absolute good, virtuous people will be friends with uh, you know, the not so good, not so bad people. And mm -hmm. they can't be bad. That that badness in them can't be like something that is corrupting them. I'm not gonna go there. It but just has to be a would, not so good, not so bad. With everybody, thing. dude. Sure, I agree. 
it's a sweaty comparison, but it is like the same level of like, what is a version in another thought process of like the good person and then the, you know, not so good, not so bad people. Well, see, well it's, it's weird because yeah. every religion we're aware of, the good person is always willing to be friends with bad people, right? Even even like in Christianity, Jesus. Jesus I was going to say, even Jesus that one guy. Folks. Yeah. I mean, he won't he fuck always, with demons. I'm going to fight you on that one. He won't fuck with literally demons, but like. Well, and he, that's what I think yeah. is, are the baddies because <laughs> Judas for whatever reason, needs to betray Christ so the resurrection can happen. Mary Magdalene, he says, like, yeah, if you guys are going to look at someone sinfully, pluck out your own goddamn eyeballs. Not her fault that she's hot. You know, she's hanging around like, no. His thing is like, no, no, no. She might be a sex worker, but she's not so bad. You know, like, like, she's not as bad as you guys are saying, her Pharisees. Get out of your hat, you know, like, or Get whatever. Get out of your hat. Um, so, like, Jesus, I think, like, just shows that everyone else except for him is not so good, not so bad. I mean, he's literally the, there. Yeah. Isn't he on earth to help people who everyone. are not so bad get into heaven? Pretty much. It, yeah. and he's, it's really all about like, hey man, if you're if you're willing to to say I'm sorry, then you can't be that bad, right? Exactly. Like, you if, if, you, if then you're we do upset have about that. what you did, yeah, like sure. Yeah, like rich people are worse than you think they are. They're not what good people are. I can tell you that right now. Was it like an eye of the needle? A it's camel's the ca- more camel likely. Camel getting through the eye of a needle. Yep. Yeah, than a rich guy is to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. We should I, quote that more, everybody. I do love when they talk about <laughs> Jesus in the context of our current situation with the with the protests and police brutality and everything. And it's like, I don't know why you people think that Jesus would not be like out there Dude. with this trying to bring down the entire government. Again, yeah, let's they, refer yeah. to like he goes into the temple on Saturday yes. or Sunday and like, oh, fuck this. I am wrecking this well, shit. You know, my, my throws up tables and loots it. My, my favorite part of that is there's somebody, it was just a Tumblr, I think it was like some Reddit post or something, that was just talking about a version of the thing, talking about him making the switch as he was in the temple. So it's just Jesus sitting, like flipping tables up, then sitting down and staring a hole through the motherfuckers that he's pissed off at, like the money left stuff, going, oh, you're going to get it. Like <laughs> tying the switch, like taking forever <laughs> to tie the switch, just looking, like staring him dead in the head, and then swinging at him and be like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, when I'm done with this, you guys are really going to get it. Like he would be he would be flinging back tear gas. Like he would be, bop, bop, fuck that. Yeah, like... <laughs> He probably. So, I feel like he probably would peace police a little bit too. But you're yes, but yeah. Not even. <laughs> well, yeah, he does. He does a little bit. Oh, uh, well, he does like a. Per, he he's not for performative. Yes, um, that's true. Prayer. I'm gonna call it activism here. That's he's like, fair. no, no, don't go fucking praying in the streets with your hands up because if it was not. Show, it yeah. wasn't until the Middle Ages that like the whole kneeling and hands together thing became like how we pray. It was always hands up. Um, like yeah. Those people like you know, screaming on street corners or streaming on a public broadcasting format or have something on Fox News. Those are not the people who are actually devout. Yeah. The people who pray in goddamn private and keep it to them fucking selves because that's between you and me. You know, like, I mean, my dad. I mean, me. I mean, uh, I mean my shit. dad. Or uh, I don't know. There's this like spirit thing that we have. Like, ah, fuck it. There's a dove, a lamb. There's a couple of metaphors, but none of them are metaphors. None of them. They're all literally metaphors. The Always, Transubstantiation is literal. Forever become. No matter how much stuff I read about Catholicism, impossible for me to separate it from Jesus Christ Superstar. So hard to come back to what what is actually from the Bible. So anyway, funny. <laughs> back. To, well, Sandra Lloyd Webber, and he loves writing biblical shit. Oh yeah, he does. Back to um, anyway, Lysis. Back to Lysis. You okay? So, so they stick for a bit. Like okay, obviously the not so good, not so bad people can be friends with the good people. 
but the not so good, not so bad people can't be friends with bad people because, you know, bad people are not even friends to themselves. Mm-hmm. They're like heels. It's not going to work. So he gives this image, which I think is about the most illustrative that he fucking gets in the whole goddamn dialogue. It's like, okay, imagine the not so good, not so bad person is the body. And <coughs> the sickness, which is foreign to the body, is the bad, right? So you go to a doctor, your friend, and he has medicine, the good, and you want the medicine because it's not your fault that you're sick. You definitely want the medicine mm-hmm. so that you're not so good, not so bad, neutral thing, the body, can get better, right? That's, the goal is that health, sounds which like is friendship. Good, yeah. Well, see, isn't isn't the sickness your body trying to do a good thing by getting out bad things that are within? And Let's isn't not medication no, often the disease, very bad? For you? Like the the but, disease itself, like the I think that's what they're going for is like the disease. So like whatever is your body fighting it and showing symptoms is one thing, but the I'm, actual I'm, I'm, I know being you're being. Difficult. I'm just I'm saying being difficult. Whatever. Soccer <laughs> piece, but that like that. I, image, I would. Like, I request no. the ability. To keep making comments in the background while you continue to talk. <laughs> I do not need you to respond yeah. to me. This is how I'm, I'm getting my, my points. Out. Yeah. So this is about the most convincing that he gets. And there's a, a school of thought about this dialogue that like, this is really the answer that Plato is going for. And mm. then he fucks it up at the end because I don't know. Socrates can't come to a goddamn a point. He never like if Socrates is in the dialogue, you're not getting a solid answer. It's either going to start with a story or some like ironic twist on whatever the hell he's talking about. But this one, like, no, not so good people want to hang out with good people because they can get better with good people and good people like to do that because that's a good thing to do. That works. Good stuff all around but it's not like boring for anybody. That's friendship. That's right there. And so that seems to work, right? Mm-hmm. But then Socrates says, and I quote, the two of them heartily agreed that this was the case that like not so good people and good people are friends. And I was pretty happy myself. I had the satisfied feeling of a successful hunter and I was basking in it when a very strange suspicion from where I don't know came over me. Maybe what we had all agreed to wasn't true after all. <laughs> what an awful thought. Oh no! I screamed out, Lysis, Menexinus, our wealth has all been but a dream. And he brings up. Okay. Actually, this one's just easier to read. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm afraid we've fallen for arguments about friendships that are no better than con artists. I'm just going to skip everyone else because they always say things like, how? They, they go, what? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hmm. He goes, look at it this way. Whoever is a friend... Is he a friend to someone or not? It's got to be a friend. For the sake of something <laughs> or on account of some, uh, for the sake of something or on account of something. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. That's right. And that something for the sake of which he is a friend, it is, is it a friend or neither friend nor foe? Like, I don't get it. Naturally enough, but perhaps he will if we try it this way. And I think you might better understand what I'm saying. A sick man, as we were just saying, is a friend of the doctor, right? And isn't he a friend on account of the disease and for the sake of health? Like, yeah, he's seeking it out because there's bad and he wants good. And they like, yeah, and the disease is a bad thing. All right, what about health? It's good or a bad thing. It's a good thing. I believe we also said that the body, which is neither good nor bad, is a friend of medicine on account of disease. That is, on account of something that is bad, and medicine is a good thing. It is for the sake of health that medicine has received the friendship. Like in this, um, in Greek, like the desire, like it's Mm. the same word. Yes. And health is a good thing, right? And they go, yeah, all right. This seems all fine so far. So like, cool. So you desire the medicine so that you can have on this for the sake of goodness, right? Yeah. And they, okay, cool. Now think of it this way. 
a father loves his son and is friends with him, right? And they go, yeah. And now that boy drinks hemlock because he's an idiot. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then some guy comes around and he says, this wine will cure him. He'll really value that wine, right? Like, yeah. And he'll also value the cup that it comes in because otherwise he wouldn't be able to drink it. Yeah. And he'll also value all the things that went into that wine, right? And it's just like, see, because we can just bring that back again and again and again and again and again. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Friendship can't just be ad infinitum. I want you for the sake of this, but that was for the sake of this, for the sake of this, for the sake of this. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. There's got to be some fucking principle going on here. And that's what he says. Yeah. I see it. It's. I think one of the things that that bothers me is like this obsession with spending so long trying to decide on what the actual definition of a word is when we made yeah. them all up. If he gets all of them to agree on the new <laughs> definition of friend, then that's the then definition. That's the definition now. You didn't actually figure anything out. You just redefined it, friend. Well, there's it, an amazing yeah. dialogue called the Cradleus, where of course there is. Uh, in that Cradleus <laughs> argues that like words have bear no relationship to the thing which they represent. Like they're arbitrary. And Socrates says, are they? And yeah. like, so like, <laughs> so this is, well, this is one of the ways that they get around it. Cause I think they're arguing at first and he goes like, dude, you're just making up like new definitions for words. And he goes like, no, I think there is something behind the definition of words. Mm-hmm. I, this is like this, this is a pinhole sort of thing. Like, let's just plug this little bit in the obvious problem uh, of Plat- Platonism. Uh, I'll get better at it later on. But for the Cradleus here, words actually have some sort of like bearing on reality, and like they are not arbitrary, but are somehow derived from the phenomena which they describe. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, when you come to the definition of a word, its understanding of its meaning, you are somehow understanding the reality of what that word represents. So, mm-hmm. which like helps kind of close the loop a little bit around platonic philosophy. He, Sorry, gets, is he, is he, he does it better later, but that's his first, like why it's not just into, talking about yeah. definitions. But is it the, impl- is the implication that there is like, there are the, the true words and concepts and, like you can get down to like what the actual mystic definition is. <laughs> no, no, no. So his example, uh, it's things like, here's the Persian word for water. Here's the Greek word for water. Kind of sound alike, don't they? And that's because they sound like water. <laughs> it's just like that. So like, that first bit, because it, it's so funny because the first two steps are great because he like, no, like we know that the root of this word must be similar to the root of this word because we live close to each other and we're talking about the same thing and mm-hmm. our languages aren't so different. They're both indo-european i think so like yeah they're both like fine right and like okay so far like in terms of reality as we live in it now you're absolutely right killing and it. that's because water <laughs> told you what the word is yeah, and it's like, like wait a minute uh, uh, to be okay. clear i understand that where like relatively to our our times in history socrates mm-hmm. probably you know like way up there and i'm i'm an ant i'm a nobody you know but like <laughs> It, I, I have the information now. You know, I have learned. I know, the right? other, I've learned the other things, so I'm not going to sit here and watch Paw Patrol. I'm sorry, dude. I can't. I can't go back that way. I know. I can't. I can't. You know, downgrade <laughs> and like imagine. Oh, like what if I didn't fucking know anything about anything? <laughs> I'm sorry, so, Socrates. I'm not buying it, dude. One of the reasons that Aristotle was so goddamn popular uh-huh. um, and had such a sticking force is one like, like in the Aristotle? medieval. I love Aristotle. You, I, like like I, you I never get talk. Hudo. You always talk about Socrates and Plato, and you never talk about Aristotle. Well, there. Oh, it's because like yeah. Aristotle, 
is it's weirdly easier and more difficult to talk about because a lot of his concepts like in culture carry through because the middle ages were shaped in Europe, large in part by Aristotle, like yeah. uh, scholasticism, which is the philosophy of like the church mm-hmm. uh, in this period, like Thomas Aquinas, we were talking about St. Augustine. Um, they deal in Aristotelian uh, s- Thomas the most. Okay. His work is called the Summa Theologicae. Like, this is it. This is all of theology that you ever need to know. Damn. And the Catholic Church pretty much said, yeah, we're good with that for the next yeah. 600 years. We're pretty good with that. <laughs> that 600 years ends, like, now. <laughs> so, oh, like, my. <laughs> yeah, they're, they are good. Like, he because uh, he structures his soul thing on, all right, so the unbeliever says this, the believer says this, and he goes through an Aristotelian logic of how it goes but he puts it in a dialogue which Mm -hmm. is not something that aristotle we have anything that he did um the reason i don't talk about aristotle so much is because it's kind of boring because he solves a lot of the problems when i feel like uh (laughs) what plato does is ask a lot of questions and like cool so i put out an argument here the whole thing i'm trying to get you to do is to goddamn talk about it (laughs) i'm not trying to tell you how it fucking works (laughs) so but aristotle was like i hear your questions But here's how it works. Yeah. And, you know, like, so the problem that he solves with friendship is the Nicomachean Ethics um, is an Aristotelian works where he, like, he talks about Plato a lot and goes like, cool, Plato was my teacher, had a lot of great ideas. He's wrong on these points. This is how it works. Like, we're we're done with it. Write it up, period. Moving on. Um, (laughs) And I forget why we originally talked about this now. (laughs) Sorry, I went on a rant there. I I was just going on a rant for fun. Yeah, because, yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, we we had just caught up with the where he's talking about medicine and illness and good and bad, right, right. So like, people who are neither good nor bad are like the body. Um, health is the good. Medicine is your way to the good, which is given to you by your friend, What's the, the doctor. Thing, and disease is bad. This was this and was so, the thing about this was, and it was the, the the definition they give about the whole not so good good thing is was missing a key component when we talked about it was it's. They are friends because of the evil. And there's this whole point that Socrates brings up. On account up. of the evil for the good. On account of the evil for the good. Thank you. That's that's the, the correct phrasing. Um, and he, they're like, they start to kind of settle on that. And he goes, well, wait a minute. What if evil didn't exist? And he's, they're like, what? And he's like, like, let's just say, I think he literally says like, what if evil went away? Like it just went far away and wasn't here anymore. Yeah. Wouldn't there still be some element of love and friendship? And everyone's basically like, yeah. And he's like, so it's not really because of the evil, even though we're dealing with, he's like, the good and not so good, sure, we can kind of stay, but like, there's a desire to this. There's some sort of aspect, and that gets into the dad and the wine and the bot. He goes, because he's like, the father values the son. That's why he is doing this it's why he wants to be his friend he's he's friendly to him he is well doesn't does he not also value the wine and the bottle it's in and the stopper that's holding like he gets into that part of just having value or desire for an object isn't also necessarily a the only thing for a friendship because he's like are you friends with all of those things no they're they lose their value and gain their value but the son's value is still there yeah so he at this point, he goes like, well, 
things like hunger pains are bad right and they're like yeah no but like hunger itself can be good right it tells you to eat and eating's good like yeah Yeah. all right cool so like (laughs) the horrible pain with hunger might be bad but even if it didn't exist you'd still get hungry and that's a not so good not so bad thing right they go yeah so like even if you take out all the bad parts even if evil didn't exist there'd still be not so good not so bad things and that still works right and everyone's (laughs) kind of finally like right (laughs) and he's like so i think you guys should keep talking about this because your nannies are calling and they have an accent and i'm a bigot and this is getting annoying (laughs) um so it's and that's sort of where we end it like we end with this weird nitpicky bit about like well maybe this thing that we kind of tied up with a bow doesn't actually work but maybe it kind of does still right well yeah maybe maybe it works yeah right and that's why a lot of yeah Falling back what, into the, um, sorry, falling back into the uh, discarded error for the unjust will be friend of the unjust and the bad of the bad as well as the good of the good. So like he's talking about being congenial and uncongenial and like how that works together and how you can like that's what helps push friends to be friends. And then he's like, but we're also back at that old point of good can't be friends with good and bad can't be friends with bad sort of thing. It's very, and then he, basically just gives (laughs) yeah the last thing he gets to like the very last bit like kind of how he resolves this is like people cut from the same cloth are friends right they go yeah that sounds about right like let's Mm. let's leave it there yeah we're not gonna talk about it anymore it might work it might not you know if we press on this too hard it might not work or it might but we don't have time right now so maybe people who are kindred spirits are friends (laughs) that's, that's literally how it kind of ends which is why a lot of people talk about like okay this is the theatricality of Plato because we kind of get, I think, what Plato wanted. Like, no, people who are good and not so good, that's the friendship. And then Socrates has to come in in spite of Plato in his own writing and nitpick it a little bit. And like, <laughs> fine, but I'm not going to make it a good argument that you say there. <laughs> it's just, and by the way, I'm not going to finish it because we have to go now because I'm writing it and I don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> For the second half of it, he kind of forgets all about why he's there in the first. I feel Dude, like he... Oh. He got, he got drunk oh. and forgot that the whole reason he was there is because of the hypothalamus or whatever his name is. And, <laughs> uh, and it, it was to help him bang that young boy. I guess they're both young boys. They help those two boys bang each other. And, now, <laughs> and then he's just like talking out of his ass he, for an hour, right? I yeah, really like the wanted, Hippotheles yeah. initially asks him like, okay, no, Catesipus, Hippotheles' friend. Catesipus doesn't have another line after they actually start the dialogue. <laughs> Catesipus is the one like, hey, Socrates, really quick, you're walking on the street. You want to come over here and talk to my buddy Hippotheles because he's really annoying because he's got this new guy that he likes. But it's like super obnoxious the way he's going about it. Can you please help him out? Well, he probably Socrates went off to, goes, to play yeah. his reindeer games, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, with, the, with, I feel like with the Mino, there was, it was Mino, right? The previous yeah. one, there was more of a, this is a made up dialogue completely, right? Um, no, Mino, uh, what's his name? Xenophon is a historian and he talks about this same conversation in a different source, mm. like a more sober source wow. that's not so platonic. That's so we crazy. Like, yeah, there's more like, ah, that conversation might have actually happened. Wow. Okay. That's so weird. Like what? There's literally 
we're we're so far back in history that there's literal conversations that were like, oh, we learned something about the that human was a, race today. That was a notable chat. We should write this down. Like, well, trust me, not everyone's getting their fucking yeah, conversations written about. down. It's really just Socrates and his little fanboys. <laughs> like, we're gonna write down what you say. You are it's, gonna be the history here. Yeah. It's, Everyone else, name one even, person who put Socrates to death. I can't, and I study the shit. You know. <laughs> 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 Those stupid assholes who killed Socrates. <laughs> I I still assume that they're the same people who killed Jesus. I put them in the same in the same outfits. Uh, I mean, and by know. outfits I mean the outfits that they put them in in Jesus Christ. In Superstar. Jesus Christ, Superstar. Superstar. <laughs> yeah, of course, the big black hat. I was I was yeah. talking to Emily today about like yeah the apology you know when um, Athens decides to put Socrates to death and like so they all killed a philosopher. It's probably a right choice. I would have been with them. <laughs> like, I don't know. You I mean he did all these things that I think you'd really agree with. Like, I don't really give a shit about this. Like, no, I'm, like, he, he had to go. It was his time. <laughs> I feel like there there might have been a lot of good people at that time. They're just like, maybe we just, I know hey, we're we... all collectively against the state, but let's just let this one go. Just... Yeah. <laughs> all... He's going to have looking... his due. He'll yeah. be remembered. Yeah. You know? All he does is hang around naked boy gyms and hit on hit also, on them and talk and get And drunk. he's weirdly fucking our greatest military hero right now, Alcibiades. <laughs> Not quite sure how he snagged that piece, but um, fuck it. He's got a pocket full of dimes right now. He's a talker. Um, I st- uh, to, to kind of put a cap on this, yes. I thoroughly love this ending because he's like, yeah, we gave away, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I said, however, a few words to the boys at parting. Oh, Menexenus and Lysus, how ridiculous that you two boys and I, an old boy bullshit who would feign to be one of you should imagine ourselves to be friends this is what the bystanders will go away and say and as yet we have not been able to discover what is a friend so he's like i can't believe we're friends totally because i'm hello fellow kids like he literally hello fellow hello, kids himself. fellow kids <laughs> that he's just like how crazy is it that we're friends that we became friends but we don't even know what a friend is and i'm like God, I can't get over and I like he's very yeah. much inserting just an old yeah. boy who would feign to be one of you. I'm like, no, you're not feigning to be one. You just want to be one of them. Stop <laughs> it. I hate this so much. How, how like, often in these in these Socrates dialogues, Socratic dialogues? Is that how yes. platonic dialogues? Oh, platonic because it's Plato wrote them. Unbelievable. Uh, how many times in these platonic dialogues <laughs> is it Socrates? And I. By the way, I've had to narrowly avoid saying Socrates every single time. <laughs> Socrates! Chabra. Uh, how many times does he speak with the same person from a dialogue again? A few, uh, like Glaucon, like a few many. times. Menexenus is there at the Phaedrus. Like, he I think gets he's a sequel, there at yep. his death, or he's there in the Phaedo, sorry, or he's there at the Phaedrus. So then. Where he says that writing's bad. Like, these characters do pop up a few times. Well, like, it seems like, in Plato, at least. Not all too the time. many. I, it just makes me think, like, he walks away being like, oh, you know, he was starved for friendship. He's like, oh, hello, friends. We're friends now, right? Uh, it's cool <laughs> that we're friends, even though we didn't come up with what friends y- are. Yeah, right? friends. yeah, totally, Socrates. We'll totally, totally. call you or something. Yeah. <laughs> totally going to hang out. Call you. Dude, I promise totally we're going to hang out. Going to have another dialogue so soon look i'm real busy right now but as soon as i get that done we'll have like a dialogue or something it's gonna be great you know 
<laughs> See ya. The second I'm allowed to use the chariot and the charioteer doesn't have to fucking take me around everywhere, I'll totally come over and we'll talk. Just uh, but then again, it never is tax talk. season and I have to wash my hair before that. I just, and, like I just have a lot going on right now. You know what I mean? I just started a new job and they make me wear a shirt and then I'd have to come really, take it off and then put it back on again. And I, I'm literally, I want to write the dialogue where Socrates sees one of these people and he's not in the mood to talk. So the whole dialogue is like trying to get rid of Socrates and Socrates not taking the point. Like, oh, Menexenus, good to see you again. Hey, Socrates, yeah. great to see you. I'm really busy. I'm sorry. I'm off to like the grocery or what something right now. What is busy? Yeah. Like, well, like what is busyness thing. itself? Like exactly what I am right now. And you are? busy i'm not quite sure what you're understanding about like not understanding about this it was like but absolutely but like what is one busy with things i'm busy with so many things right now can you please leave me alone can i walk with you fuck it fine 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 and it's just like menexinus trying to rush to the bodega as quick as he can or something i was gonna say it's the first sorkin walk and talk but (laughs) only one of them wants to so he's just like it's it's the same dialogue for the people, which is always uh huh, yes, sure, I agree. But it's ju- you can very clearly tell it's uh huh, mm-hmm, sure, yep. yep, cool, yeah, thank you, all right, awesome, great, sure, gotta go, yeah, like that really sounds great, leave. man, that sounds great, okay. <laughs> so you literally can't sure you up your way out of it because it, it just goes right along with what he's looking that. for. Yeah, he's like that's perfect. Yep. Because he, he's going to get you at some point if you just sure yep your way and goes like, well, no, that's wrong, and he goes like, hold, hold the phone, I. You said it all. I didn't even agree. Well, well, no, but you said sure. Yep, you agreed with what I was saying. You just got to ignore. Or were you lying? You just got to keep going. Yep, you're right. I'm wrong. Yep. Sure. Oops. Totally. Whoops. It's it's funny that in uh, later platonic dialogues, like later in Plato's career, that he like gets tired of having to do Socrates at times. Like the sophist Socrates says some stuff at the beginning and then just goes silent. As oh, this wow. <laughs> guy just like tells me, yeah, this is what men are. Like, cool, whatever. And then the laws, which like, okay, cool. we talked about it in the Republic a little bit, but this is how you make a goddamn society. Socrates isn't even in that motherfucker. Oh. Like, not at all. Like, Plato just, okay, <sighs> I got better ideas. And this character's really <laughs> holding me back That's right now. Say, like, I'm like, just going to write him out of a couple of these things and fuck it. You go this for it. Is you it. Go for it. Yeah, this is how for, it is. Good for Plato. Good, good for Plato. Plato good for play glad he did that at some point and aristotle t- saw that example like maybe i don't need my teacher Aristotle's to which like, plato I'm... said no 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 no. it was only me who didn't need the oh, fuck there he goes <laughs> I only there he goes writing whole you're... treatises they're not even dialogues god damn it <laughs> i was gonna say it, it uh, i've read a little bit i've read some of the poetics and a little bit of the rhetoric and it's straight up just here's how it works it might as well be a manual for writing play like it's just like these are what characters are. This is what they do in the drama. This is what the drama is. Shut up and like write a play after this. I don't care, but this is yeah. how you're doing it. And I'm like, thanks, Aristotle. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wondering, what is the drama? Is it the... Con-? He's like, no, it's the conflict between these characters that results in this situation. I'm like, oh, like an oasis what? compared to the fucking intellectual fucking questioning desert of Socrates going... Is anything anything? I'm like, yes, you're annoying. Yeah. That's what you are. Yeah, <laughs> that I can annoying? say with absolute goddamn certainty. <laughs> yeah, like, can... well, it's, it's funny, like, um, in one of the dialogues, uh, Socrates talks about, like, yeah, I used to be a natural philosopher and tried to discover things about the natural world, but it's not real philosophy. Philosophy's talking about this, right? You know, talking about <laughs> virtues and shit. That's the real stuff. And Aristotle sure heard that, like, you're a goddamn fool. Here's how some shit works. And some of it's still right. 
not a lot, yeah. not even, not even a little, but, um, like one thing that Aristotle is the first person to ever write down, which is a, like a physical fact is that boiling water freezes faster than lukewarm water. Wow. I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is, but that is an observable, verifiable and empirical fact. And Aristotle was the first guy to write it down. That's so cool. That's Holy still shit. true. Yeah, that, that one is like, put a timer on, put a thermometer in. You got a glass of boiling water and a glass of lukewarm water for whatever reason. And I'm sure put, thermodynamics has an answer now. Why would you put boiling, boiling water in water a glass? Boiling water freezes. I don't. And a, if I, in an amphora, and, an amph- and it freezes faster than the amphora. Why would you amphora. bring it into an amphora's? Because <laughs> I needed some makeup. No, you, I was gonna, that's a Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to hunt wild game. I'm That's not either here nor there. <laughs> okay, are we are we good on this? Are we are we? Uh, does anybody have any right, final right. comments? What is? Uh, sorry, continue. No, I have so no the more reason, final comments. Obviously, the reason I brought it up is, is because our whole podcast is about are we friends, and this whole dialogue is about are what we are friends. friends? <laughs> Which I thought would be fun. So on the topic of the lysis, are we friends? I, what is a friend? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I would give an Aristotelian maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, the honest answer is I feel like everybody got something out of it. And I feel like we're all in the general agreement. But I don't even know if that's what makes it friends i'm so questioning about what a friend is now because i'm like (laughs) is it just utilitarian is it not no clearly it isn't there's ports this and it's just so i'm gonna say no (laughs) i find myself in in somewhat of a pickle because i i want to say no because in our normal normal episode the answer is no fuck socrates fuck this dialogue (laughs) Fuck all this. No, but then if I... Well, in a way, that's a yes, because we're all feeling that similar thing. I know we're talking about different levels of value, but... That's the thing. I also don't want him... I don't want Socrates to think that I don't know what a friend is. You know, by saying... Giving an absolute yes, then I'm saying I do know what a friend is, and it is a yes. I suppose a definitive no also disproves it. Would say you know what a friend is because this isn't it, or... I would say that in terms of friendship... Over this issue, mm-hmm. it's not so bad. It's not oh, so good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> You're driving me to the no. I'm, the evil is infecting me like the disease. <laughs> no, I mean, I always love talking about this shit with you yeah. guys. And I do want to start, like, I'm going to start cutting sections of, like, longer philosophical treatises. No. Hey, man, that's why I'm cutting them down. Because yeah. oh, I will ask you to read full ones. Yeah, not cutting funny. them down. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought you were saying she like cutting off a slice of a larger one to hand over to us <laughs> hot and ready. Oh. No, because I was I was thinking about like other things that I would actually yeah. like that I actually have questions about. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't really know how this works. You guys want to talk about it and like really figure it out and like cut the section. I would out. love like I would love yeah. to do a yeah. real where we can actually discuss it. Cause this one it's like I could I mean I can ask a bunch of questions that like make make it not worth talking about this one but that's not as i I like one where we can actually have a conversation about a point the question i think with this is not the Mm. strongest platonic dialogue obviously but i am questioning like they admit so many times this is not the way to talk about what a friend is yeah 
So what is the right way to talk about what a friend is? A hundred percent, hundred percent. They don't like, I think that's also a little bit of the conceit at the end is that, that immediate going of like, wait, that might've been completely wrong too. And we just settled on that, but it also might be completely fucking dumb. What? Cause he, he says, what is to be done or rather, is there anything to be done? And I'm like, Sure, that's a fair like that's a fair question of like are we even talking about this correctly? Is there something to do about this definition or do we just kind of go, yep, we know friends are when we see them sort of thing. Like well I, th- I think the reason it makes me upset is cuz I cuz I will do the same thing, but it's always to get to a point where we're talking about something in a way that is more critical of our own opinions, you know? Cuz I don't like okay. it when people are like super sure of themselves coming into something. But the fact that I don't he think never, Socrates is terribly sure. He never <laughs> he gets says no point. every time. Yeah, he just always is like, oh, maybe I don't know. Why don't you talk about it? Why don't you question it more? And it, it never gets to like any any level of actually trying to figure it out, and it drives me bananas, dude. Well, okay, then let's like fuck it. You know, we got time. Let's figure it out. What the fuck is a friend, Jorge? No, I'm not doing that right. We do not have time. We are. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think a friend is. If you want to pick that apart, no, it's a flightless, featherless, two-legged bird. Wait, no. Who likes another bird. <laughs> who likes another featherless bird. Who doesn't care if the other bird has feathers. All right. Well, we'll just keep this in mind because um, I'm sure this will come up again at a later time. And I'll start like finding some philosophy that actually like, all right, yes or no yeah. on this one. Yeah. Bring and some why stumpers. the fuck not? Now, I'll bring you some stumpers. That sounds good. Hell yeah. Because well, we love that the philosophy mind. ones. We love the philosophy ones. It was clearly, it was second only to fucking JoJo Dude, for our first hundred wow. episodes. Wow, that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> that's how we're doing it, man. Um, yeah, so I know that you want to do another segment, and you have a new segment ready to present, but I actually wanted to cut cut right in front of you with a new segment of my own uh, because we have, we have so many episodes <laughs> that we've covered, so many topics that we've covered, and I'm tired of having to wait until we do that topic again to be able to discuss something new, so... I like the same way we did an addendum for a Christmas stories episode. I would like to do a quick addendum on our unsolved mysteries because I did end up looking up what the best unsolved mysteries episodes are. And there's okay. one in season five called rain boy. And it's about a, a guy who gets possessed by a demon. And so it starts dripping water all. It starts like raining inside of the house that he's in. But they have interviews with him, with the people whose house he was in, with like five different cops who came at different points to speak to him. He moved from there. He went to. They brought him to a restaurant while they tried to figure out what's wrong with the house. It started raining in the restaurant. They have interviews with the people who worked at the restaurant. Like that is too many people to all be in on this conspiracy theory of this guy being possessed by. It. He went. To, Jesus. He went to prison. He was saying. That he could now, like the demon had taken further control, that he could control the rain, and the prison guard was like, no, if you can control the rain, then make it happen in this guy's office in the prison. And he's like, okay. And then he shows no. up, and he gets over there, and the dude's like, the weirdest thing just happened. It just started raining in here. Like, no! And they have interviews with them, too. Like, the amount of people that are interviewed across different areas <laughs> and all about the same one thing, it's absolutely wild. You gotta God watch it. Damn Look it. it up, you'll find it. Okay. Start watching the goddamn X Files again. <laughs> You're stuck watching. It's absolutely you an X Files episode. Like, yeah, no, we got a prisoner who can make it rain. Like, what? Let's go talk to him, Scully. <laughs> Fuck, it's raining. Shit, I don't know what to do with it. You know, there's just condensation or something. Shut up, Scully. It's fucking raining in here. Like, the guy <laughs> made it happen. <laughs> Shut up, Scully. It's aliens. 
Like, look, look at look, what's before your goddamn eyes. It's raining in a goddamn office. This guy is clearly magic. <laughs> she just points to the sprinkler that's on. Okay, well, maybe not that. All right. But there's just a guy because smoking the sprinkler was someone, on at the important. same time it was raining doesn't mean it wasn't attention. raining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open your mind, Scully. <laughs> the truth is out there. Anyways, your segment, Taylor. Right. So, um, in addition to updates. Which we have, we have. The, I'm glad we had that brand new little theme for. Um, we also have this update. Um, this is that. No, sorry, this segment. What? This is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this segment is called the Dial-Up Demons, and I just want to start sharing with you guys some of the spam mail that we get on our website because some of it is just poetry. <laughs> so here is for the first time the Dial-Up Demons. <laughs> So this first message comes to us from OU5 at Yoshido8410.takumi63.glee.lla.buzz. These are, the the point of spam emails is to steal your information, by the way, so do not go to that address or email it or do anything with that paper. I'm just giving it to you for, you know, educational purposes. Here's the subject, free porn pictures and best HD sex photos. Pretty innocuous. All right. Message body, which begins with the words message body and a colon hell oh, yeah. sexy teen photo galleries not giving you that link and then <laughs> these words in this exact order with no ending free smelly porn hell porn ali whipped porn most arousing porn zimmerman porn drawings Whoa. there's a lot to unpack there the inclusion of zimmerman is particularly dark that's very there's upsetting. always i don't like that there's always one word in these that I'm realizing and like, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to do, but it's just, it's the one thing like, sense. okay, I know that this is like a crazy fucking thing to include here and whatever malicious bot is doing this well, is doing it one. on purpose. I will. This one from Kitty Do 60 at, mm-hmm. at sushi 5910.hiroku.hiroki33.gomailxyz.space. <laughs> This one subject, <laughs> girls of desire, colon, all babes in one place. Crazy art. I, I've Commas seen that in between movie before. All of those words. Oh my God. Message body, beginning with the words, message body, colon. <laughs> Nude sex pics, sexy naked women, hot girls, porn. A link that I'm not going to tell you. Mature, young, porn videos, user porn video, free porn movies of Gianna Michaels, porn star, Freddie L, XXX, black porn, free downloads. Are they mature or are they young? (laughs) Also... Only Jesus knows. Also, you are 100% reading these like Dennis reads Charlie's political speech in Always Sunny. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Good. Good. Yeah, but good. Uh, and then the last one from, from today is from someone called Mariah3 at Desiree Tie 6 at R-Y-O-I-C-H-I 76 dot forcemix.online which I didn't know was a domain no (laughs) this is sexy teen photo galleries message body beginning with the words message body colon sexy teen photo galleries link I'm not gonna say 
dad fucks daughter, porn videos, oh. runners, porn news reader, porn free sex, porn clips, <laughs> news, male jerk off, porn off porn, movie clips. Oh, save the USPS, I guess. So yeah, guys, uh, we're really excited. Um, I've got a couple of goodies here from the University of Mumbai, or what claims to be the University of Mumbai for next week. But I definitely want to keep sharing what the dial-up demons Didn't send us. Did you say there was one that was like, need eyeballs, we mean business? <laughs> I feel oh like I God. saw one that was like I've that. got it right here. All right, fuck it. We're, one more for us. One for Just, just, just that part. Just that part. Yep. Here, it's uh, actually just the subject, which I thought was the funniest bit. God, did we delete it? Did it end up in spam? I mean, I do. Oh, here we go. Here's the... <laughs> it's just the subject line. Are we friends? Quote, who needs eyeballs? You need business. All cap. End quotes. It's the literal subject of that. Now, so. for, for anybody listening, what I, what I would love to do. Now, Taylor and I both get the emails to our phones. So we'll know who it is if you send an email. But if you send an email pretending to be spam, <laughs> then we can read them out to Brian and see if he can tell which one is spam and which, which one is you. Spam, which one's fake? Oh, please do so that, is, actually. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It is your opportunity to write your own version of pornfreedaddyhugs.com now, eyeball. <laughs> so make yourself a new fucking email. Send it to well, us. No, and we're going to play your own Name email. That Demon. You, use your own email. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that we know that it yeah. isn't spam. <laughs> Yeah. True. True. <laughs> maybe maybe mention who, who you are. So we, yeah, yeah, we exactly. Because you might do too good of so, a job, yeah. and then we won't know who if it's spam. That's not. true. And we, won't and we would love to play. We get a lot. Of we spam. would love to play name that demon with Brian. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. That was for the first time the dial-up demons. Can't wait to get more fucking shit from those goddamn demons. Yep. And, um. Uh, so we won't have this many segments every time, obviously. But just to just to close this please, out, we, God. We, we moved our our more somber section to the end here. Uh, updates on how things are going in Richmond. We had a particular mm-hmm. event in the last week where yep. uh, Guar Bar is a local bar here in Richmond. It is mm-hmm. Guar, as in the that the band Guar. Who uh, I don't I don't remember if it was all the members or just most of them. We're like from Richmond. Uh, at least Something the guitarist like and the yeah. singer, I think. Yeah. Uh, so they have a guar bar here. Uh, the owner is not like super like pro protesters. It's not like he's like a full radical leftist or anything. Mm. He, he even said he was particularly trying to stay out of it for the most part. But yeah. people had posted a flyer saying like, oh, you know, meet at guar bar for whatever event they were doing that night. Like not very many people showed up, but the the city I guess said that it was like Antifa terrorists meeting there, and the police showed up, and they were like on the property of Guarbar, and the the owner came out and was like, you know, just just leave them alone, and mm-hmm. they started arresting people who were just like standing outside of the Guarbar, like while he's actively saying like you need to get off of my private property because he's act- the actual owner of that land, and you have no right to arrest these people, and it's like illegal to do so. Um, and, like, asking for somebody to come speak to him and saying that they're not allowed to be there and they need to get off of his property. But they just arrested people, and they were saying, like, they were, like, terrorists, and he was harboring terrorists. He had a city council member, like, call him and ask him to shut down the bar because of the flyer, Jesus. which he had nothing to do with. Uh, and then later say that it, it was Kim Gray who later said she was disappointed in him for, like, she felt betrayed by him for not closing down the bar. Oh. This is the same Kim Gray who uh, 
there was one to three, one to two of us is what we said, right? Was at the, the Some direct of us action were at uh, outside of her house where she said that she said a bunch of lies about what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Also, there is a letter from her neighbors saying that she's been going around to their houses, intimidating them with armed people saying to like, holy come shit. out and speak like, yeah, people like who there's suspicions that are they're members of the police like in but in civilian clothes but in plain clothes yeah with you know like large weapons coming up to their doors and saying like come out talk to them you know because they've been being harassed by them and it's like their neighbors that aren't doing anything they're not protesters yeah. i don't think like they're completely uninvolved so there's, there's a lot of scary stuff so going exactly on what area. kim gray accused a peaceful group of people standing outside her side her house of doing yeah. she actually is doing on a small <sighs> and direct intimidating scale walking mm. onto people's properties knocking on them and in one case threatening to evict people which she has no power How? to do I was gonna say. if they don't come out yeah so lots lots of scary stuff still happening i don't i don't know i don't know how much the yeah. news is saying about it you know so it's, it's difficult for me to know what what y'all are hearing about um it for our friends uh across the coast um in portland as many of you might have mm-hmm. heard, there was a far-right rally that happened, which the police specifically put a, a statement out saying, like, well, all of these incidents here are going to be fleeting and temporary, so we will have no presence. And then when the counter-protesters stayed after this far-right rally left, declared it an illegal assembly that they had already been part of an unlawful assembly and began to arrest people forcibly. <sighs> so. Super yeah. fun. Super fun. fun. Lots of lots of bills going on in Virginia. Um, you probably have to to reach out to us to learn more about those. If you mm-hmm. if you're in Virginia, I recommend reaching out. We can send you some resources because those will take longer to to talk about. And we're not For the sure. best ones to do it. <laughs> so you keep your uh, ear to the ground. Um, listen to what's happening. Stay involved and volunteer your time. Yes, and money if you have it. And I was going to say money, money if you too. got it. And, if you're and, if you are a straight up too scared to go outside, give them money so yes. that they can go outside. <laughs> or and if you're not too scared, get out there. Get out 100. percent If you're not scared, don't out of your homes into the streets. There are there are teachings most most Sundays in Richmond now. So as always, everybody, you can note, find us on our website r-we-friends.com. Dot com. Dot com. Or you can find us on our Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at underscore are we friends, all one word. I have been your gadflyish co-host, Taylor. I have been your sweaty wrestler, Brian. And I'm still just sorted. And we will philosophize at you next week. Oh, Menexenus and Lysis.